Charlotte. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for coming here. We have our next guest on the Live Your Full Potential podcast, and her name is Charlotte Steving Mills. It's so good to have you here. I feel like most times when I see you, I don't see the other half of you, or should I say the other whole of you. Uh, I hope Jonathan is well, and uh, yeah, thank you for coming here to our apartment in Dubai. Thank you so much for having me, and I have to say, fresh off the bat, like you're just looking so well and so healthy as always, and it's just so nice to finally be able to give you a hug and see you. Yeah, and just we, catch yeah we've never been able to connect face to face, although we've been working together for what's it been two years yeah when was the first time us the first event you did with us we yeah, was two years ago almost three years ago wow yeah. that's crazy well onwards and upwards uh charlotte is a stress expert and wellness expert the, the other side of stress uh, and this is something that selfishly i love to listen to you talk about and that's because I have old habits that die hard, including being too busy for my own good. A funny note to start this podcast. I actually invited Charlotte here. And when she arrived, I've been so on tasks, next task, next task, next task. When she arrived, I thought she was interviewing me. And she was like, no, JP, I'm on your <laughs> podcast. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but actually, I had already planned to record this whilst we were talking because I thought, I said to Clive a few days ago, this would be the perfect opportunity for us to share a conversation on our podcast. So anyway, thank you again. Thank you, Sam, for setting this up. Sam's now gone off on her own adventure. I don't know if you know, we had an amazing three-month adventure together. She realized that she wasn't living her truth, her full potential, and actually working behind a laptop every single day, she realized very quickly was not for her. What she realized was that even though the industry is what she loves and the work I do is what she loves because she's been a student and a client of mine for years, she realized that working behind a laptop was actually taking her energy away. Yeah. I often say to people, sometimes it's not the thing, it's the thing about the thing. It might not be what you do that's stressing you. It might be how you're doing what you're doing. The people that you work with, do a lot of people come to you drained of energy and do you all automatically go into, oh, these are the tools to raise your energy or do you go deeper and do you look at what people are doing and actually if they're meant to excel at that? Yeah, that's a great question. So I can really relate to, to Sam's experience there as well with tech and being behind the laptop and it's one of those like weird dances you almost have to do with life is like figure all these different things out what's draining you what isn't and when people come to us who are stressed and typically there are people that are busy they're high performers they run in their own businesses or leaders within um, big corporate organizations whether it be here in the uae or in the uk and tech fatigue is a huge thing but when we work with someone we are all about getting to the root cause we're all about creating lasting change and getting to okay what is going on behind your day-to-day -day stress mm. so 
something we can dive into if you want to is we have something called a stress awareness pyramid where we help people explore the life level the health level and the root level of that pyramid mm. and the root level is that base and that's really where we take our clients to is to really get get to an understanding of what is happening in their inner world that's affecting their day-to-day -day life because ultimately there's so many different entry points to stress and it shows up and manifests in so many different ways um, that it can be really overwhelming and quite stressful to deal with stress <laughs> ironically right so we have to look at every individual as best we can and work together to start to understand and deep dive into what's going on so we can actually get to the root of what's holding them back so this is actually something that i think i feel and even know is this it's something that i need to dive into because i have the best life and still i found find myself being so busy and I think that even though every year, I will say on average, every year my life gets better and it has done for the last 20 years. For that reason, I can't wait for the next 20 years. But you have to really, or I have to acknowledge that looking at my life, I shouldn't have to be so busy. So that pyramid that you talked about, I think is actually something that you spoke about when you were a guest on our mastermind yeah. is that the same pyramid yeah and the, exactly the, 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 your, there was the pyramid and then there was the what's at the window your stress window exactly yeah. really powerful tools I encourage people to go to your website and I think they're available on your website right yeah absolutely we've got um, a scorecard where basically you can go and do an assessment to see yeah. how is stress affecting your life is it on a day-to-day -day level what's going on from a lifestyle health standpoint is it that you're struggling to regulate emotions is it that your mind is all over the place is it that we need to actually move and embody ourselves even even more efficiently mm. or is it that there's something deeper going on that we need to get to the bottom of and there's like 12 different areas in that root level and there's like eight different areas of that health level that we dive into and then we can actually get a full-blown report and mm. tools there suited directly to what it is you need at that moment in time so i'd highly recommend anyone to do that because there's so much noise about what you should do when it comes to personal development, when it comes to health, when it's it comes idea. to lifestyle. It's like you're bombarded. If you just look at social media, you're completely bombarded with, you should be doing ice, work, ice baths, you should be doing breath work, you should be doing meditation. Ice work, I like that. And it's great, but without the awareness as to why you're doing it in the first place, and without the understanding of essentially what it is you wanna experience as a result of doing those things, we have to start to just dial it back in and become a lot more center focused so we can actually see that we're getting the biggest bang for our buck and what we put our efforts into because we're all busy right life is fast we have to like you know learn to slow down even when life gets fast i know this sounds like a simple question and by the way their company wellness theory has a plethora of resources we will share all the links with the audio and the video uh, but for actually no for people listening on iTunes or Spotify the website is wellnesstheory.com thewellnesstheory.com and if you're listening on the podcast uh, we have our own podcast called Stress Relief in Your Pocket as well so if you just Amazing. search for The Wellness Theory you'll find us anywhere that's awesome uh, I know it sounds like a, a simple thing but I'd love to know your thoughts on it fitness is one of the greatest empowerment pills in the world it is also one of the greatest antidepressants in the world because it's free. Yeah. But it can also be a stressor. Yeah. 
Yep. Because you're not paying attention to what needs to be paid attention to. Yep. And therefore you just doing you keep doing fitness to get your yep. dose, your dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, yep. and endorphins. What's your thoughts on people using a fit uh, fitness or exercise as a de-stressor, but like you said, not looking at why they're doing it and yeah. how harmful it can be. Yeah, so interesting you say that. So basically the, the first half of my career essentially was in the fitness industry, right? So from working with people in cardiac rehab, from working in that. gyms, yeah, so, um, I started off kind of personal training, did some specialist training with cardiac rehab, doctor yeah. referrals, moved into more of a fitness management style role, worked my way up in that commercial fitness space. That's what brought me actually to the UAE in the first place. Um, and I was looking after over 600 people across five different countries in the GCC. And that came with a lot of different challenges in terms of stepping mm. up as a leader managing people who are very very stressed but also being responsible for the member experience of all of the members across the gcc that are going into gyms and one of the biggest things about the fitness industry that was is that it was very much around fitness go hard or go home kind of mentality <laughs> and nutrition and it was just like oh there's so much more to this and there was just this this part of me and jonathan my husband that you mentioned earlier He's also the co-founder of Wellness Theory. We just felt there was some really missing links, right? To look at mental health and emotional well-being, mm. see what role is that actually playing when it comes to our experience of fitness. And that's kind of how we entered into this, this world of wellness. And to come back to your question with fitness itself, I actually got sick of fitness and I was in the fitness industry. I was Why? national fitness programming manager and I was getting sick of fitness because- in the UAE yeah. and I was sick of um, this competitive nature this it has to almost be done this way yeah. even though we were bringing new ideas and things to the table the premise was the same Mo most people not all were looking for very similar goals right they want to look good lose weight tone up mm. um, bulk up and that, or get ready for a special occasion and then lifestyle would just kind of go back to where it was so I really actually got quite tired of seeing the same story play out wow. over and over again and then for my own fitness I just realized I actually fell out of love with the gym itself I was working full-on flying to like three different countries in a week whilst managing so many people, whilst having this real external pressure that I need to be leading by example, um, which I do believe in, we have to walk our talk, but we don't have to all do it in the same way. I think this is where it becomes really, really toxic. And it brings a lot of shame to fitness and people that want to be healthy, that it has to be, if they're not running a marathon, then it's a problem. If they're mm. not lifting weights in the gym, then it's they're a problem. They're not good enough. Exactly, yeah. not good enough. And that in itself then creates even more stress, right? So not only are we experiencing stress from that kind of mental and emotional side with all of the connotations that's attached to society's view of how we should do fitness, but we've all got our own stuff, mm. like, you know, mentally and emotionally as to why we want to do fitness, that idea of not being enough is a great example but we also have to look at it through the other lens of the, the physical right we have you mentioned the stress window earlier we have essentially in our, in our nervous system 
this window where we are allowed to get, get stressed, right? We're supposed to, we're designed to get stressed, right? Actually, stress is super healthy for us mm. so long as we're not holding on to the unhealthy stuff and getting stuck in what we call hyper-arousal or hypo-arousal, which is when we essentially step out of our window of tolerance. So what we need to learn to do is to dip in and out of our... Um, window of tolerance mm. and we need to make sure that we are not getting stuck in this hyper arouse mode where we're always on the go fight or flight going to the gym to blow off some steam all Straight we're doing to work, it? exactly yeah. we're staying in that high octane like high intense state the whole time that was my life before meditation <laughs> anyway, yeah continue. exactly right and and this is the thing we have to have something that brings us back we have to have something that anchors us back into our resourceful space right which is our window um, otherwise, we can then see the other extremes as well, right? Where we go into what we call hypoarousal, which is where we shut down, we withdraw, maybe we feel depressed and we can't get ourselves to move into action. Mm. And this is a typical journey for most people who are up and down, right? They start something and they stop it, they start it and stop it. It's because we're not essentially coming back to our center point, right? And we're getting stuck in some of these states and we need to learn how to navigate it, essentially. And we only can do that with awareness. We just created an exercise on awareness because it's so incredibly powerful mm. to look at all the areas of your life and become more aware of, is this serving me, is this not? Could I do this better? Do I need to go in another yeah. direction, etc.? And what you just shared is so valuable. I, I learned or I listened to a guy speak recently. It was on our podcast, former soldier, uh, trains like UFC, one championship fighters. Uh, and he put what you're saying, into words that it just made it so simple to me it was if when you're training you're in fight or flight if you go straight back to work you're still in fight or flight yep. you need to come down yep. first and then go back to work and I was like oh my gosh stretching after a workout it's not just about stretching yeah like I had missed the point for years yeah. Now I understand that actually stretching is about taking you back into your window. Yep. If that's how you would yeah, put it. Exactly. And we have to also do that like mentally as well. So mm. yeah, we're stretching the body, we're bringing the body down, we're bringing our nervous Breath. system back down, but we have to mentally bring ourselves back down, remember who it is we are and why we're going back to work in the first place. And we have to understand, okay, well, is that important to me? And one of the things I love so much about you, JP, and what you teach is that you help people to live in their truth, right? Mm. You help them to live in what they value. Most of the time, and obviously this is generalization, people don't necessarily want to be going straight back to work. Maybe they want to go and see their family. Maybe they just want to chill for a bit, and that's okay. Like, mm. have permission to do that. But we, we have to mentally start to come back to ourselves so that we can regulate ourselves emotionally because the minute we go back into a busy high pressure work environment straight back into fight or flight we forget who we are <laughs> most of the time and before you know it a year's passed two years has passed or we're burnt out and now we're plummeting and we are struggling and we've got no energy and we're wondering how we got here i've seen that in so many people and i really really relate to that mm. uh, you've got so much to say around stress and i believe that you know if someone is applying their energy and attention in one area you should probably listen to what they have to share because they're going to know something and clearly uh, you are very passionate about passionate about what you do 
uh, I would love to ask you what your thoughts are on doing what you love and how this or the opposite of this affects your energy slash stress. And the reason why I'm asking this question is because I work with a lot of, with a lot of people in the corporate world. Yeah. And I think sometimes even they don't connect with me because they see I'm living this life that I love and living in the moment and living my values. And in all honesty, and I hope they're watching this or listening, sometimes I think they think, it's a bit weird. I've just got to crack on with my job. When it come, But the, most of the time, these are my clients that are the most stressed. What are your truths around doing what you love and loving what you do and how this will impact the energy in your life and or the stress in your life? Oh, again, I'm going to speak more from personal experience on this one. Um, and I got to a point, I was doing something I absolutely loved. I loved being in the fitness industry. I love leading so many people. There was just something in me that was in conflict. I didn't know it at the time, but it was my values were in, content, um, in conflict with regards to some culture, regards to how I wanted to spend my time and live the way I wanted to live. And there was this massive like disconnect that was bubbling under the surface. And I was doing really, really well. Like I had literally got to the top that I, that I could without going into like operations per se. Mm. Like I couldn't really go anywhere else. So it was almost like I felt like I'd hit this ceiling a bit as well. And it made me tumble. I was like, whoa, <laughs> so what now then? What's going on? And I had to look inward and be like, okay, how is this affecting me like mentally and emotionally? And I got to the point where I was completely burnt out. I was still doing something I enjoyed, but I was still struggling to live authentically. And that was probably one of the heaviest things I've ever had to carry. And that is, I think, because I didn't know what it meant to live authentically until I started to look at that root level that I described earlier, yeah. what I stand for, what I believe, past experiences, unresolved emotions, um, what's going on in my nervous system and really lean into the things that I needed. Only then could I actually start to get clear on that. And I think one of the reasons perhaps why it's easy for some people to disconnect from the kind of work that we do is because sometimes we make it look easy. <laughs> you know you just hit the nail on the head. All right, and we don't want something that's too easy because that messes with our psyche a little bit, but also we kind of do at the same time. So it creates this like bubbling inside people. Or like it looks confused. easy for Charlotte, I can't do yeah. that. Or it looks easy for JP, that's yeah. way too far yeah. from where I am. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Um, I believe that, well not I believe that, many people believe that energy is everything. What role does setting yourself up for the day, and once again I'm speaking to my clients here, <laughs> does, what role does setting yourself up for the day play in sustaining energy throughout the day, including getting back to your family at the end of work? And what do you have to say about excuses like, oh, I can't, I have kids. Yeah, yeah, great You one. must get this great a lot, one. No? Yeah, Yeah, great one, yeah, absolutely. And that's the question is always, yeah, it's okay for you because you don't have kids. And it's like, yeah, but we work with loads of high performers that do and actually they're smashing it. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's something there. So here's the thing, right? When we set up our day, 
we are giving ourselves a chance to start the day inside our window, right? Inside of our healthy, resourceful stress window, mm. our nervous system starts off on an even playing field. From there, it can only get better. <laughs> yes, we might dip out and get stressed at times and then come back, but we don't stack it up in the same way that we do when we carry everything from the day before. Mm. So you described earlier that you were like really busy, like back to back, and that's great. And you're doing stuff that you're passionate about, which is so incredible. But if we don't take that time, which I know you do through things like your medita meditation and set yourself up, you would be carrying that stress and that busyness into the day after the day after the day after. And every time we stack that up, we just create more tension in the body, we create more limiting ideas, we create usually a more negative narrative when it comes to the thoughts that And then you wanna eat more, get instant gratification. Exactly. exactly, we go for the easy option, right? Because we go to our default setting and in our unconscious, you know, mm. our default setting is our go-to, right? And 95% of the time, that's what's running the show. We like to think it's us, we like to think it's us and being super conscious, but actually it's only really 5% of it. So if every morning you can set yourself up and connect with that conscious part of you that is saying, this is who I am, this is what I stand for, this is the actions that I'm gonna take today and this is who I'm gonna be, then we get to actually show up in that way. But if we don't give ourselves permission to do that or create the space to do that, and that can be two minutes. It doesn't have to be an yes. hour. It doesn't have to be. <laughs> it doesn't have to be hard. I've tried to simplify it as much as possible for people to just be like, just do it. Mm. So I created this 5M model, which is meditate for five minutes, move for five minutes, mind dump for five minutes. Just write anything that comes out. Nice. And you know, this is not coming from me, ladies and gentlemen. This is coming from a <laughs> wellness and stress expert. Even though I do touch on these topics, yeah. I don't put all of my attention and energy yeah. in teaching and sharing this. So I'm really glad that I asked you that question. Uh, as I mentioned before, I've been too busy. I will stick my hand up. You know, we all have work to do. That's still something that I'm working on. Yes, I meditate now every day. I chant some days. I have amazing practices. But I, I know in my, uh, in my own reflections, and in my own awareness, awareness being so powerful, I know that there is room for me to grow in this area and to become even slower. But yes, I've had this busy trip and we've done different countries and different experiences. I was on two podcasts yesterday, three meetings. We did a walkathon on the beach. But still this morning, mm. I got up and I did what I called one ten one breathing. I count from one to 10, back down to one. Then I get out of uh, bed, <laughs> get out of bread. And then I go into gratitude. Then I drink my water, then I have my coffee, and then I did some yoga and push-ups. I would not show up for you without pushing that reset button because if I don't, whether it's me meeting you, you meeting me, or someone listening or watching to this and meeting someone else, you are giving that first meeting everything from yesterday and maybe the day before, and maybe the day before. So yeah, I really believe in pressing the reset button. Mm. And we all, we all have the choice to do it, yep. and we all have the excuse yep. to do it. What would you say is the number one excuse you have found that people use when it comes to not prioritizing their wellness? Time, time is always the number one. 
right, is always the number one. And there's so many ways around it. You're not going to create more actual time, right? You're not going to suddenly create extra hours in the day. But what we can do is become more present through our journey of the day so that it almost gives us this sense that time has slowed down for us so that we can really be present whilst we are with someone whilst and we can be intentional. And I think that's a big thing that I would definitely say is a must for every morning in that kind of setup is what is your intention for that day, for that moment, for the next 10 minutes? What is that? Who do you want to be? How do you want to show up? Because I think when we're not intentional, that's when the day runs off with us. And it's like, well, the day went and it's like, where did it go? So by adding in something that we call like transitional times right just before a meeting or just before um walking in the front door to go and see your kids you actually leave the day where it is or you leave whatever has just been there where it is and then you can just step into the next moment being who it is you want to be and create the experiences you want because it's very easy to live on auto right on automatic and we all do it we've all done it and it's something that we'll always continue to do but we can start to do it more consciously and we can start to live it in the form of creation and coexistence and co-creation rather than from this space of well i have to do this today i've got to be there i don't have time for that the narrative is just completely different and one of those narratives is going to be expansive and you're going to feel that energy and then the other one is going to be really restrictive and fast and tight and tense. Mm. And we have to pay attention to what's happening when we think what we're thinking. When we go into the next meeting, the next conversation, the next traffic jam, like, how are you going to be? Like, <laughs> how are you going to show up? Because those are the things that stack up the stress even more, right? One of my team was in a traffic jam the other day and he was just sending the most hilarious videos. <laughs> and he's just like, man, I'm seeing the best of humanity right now, guys. And he just, and he just wrote, a message saying the traffic doesn't care <laughs> the traffic doesn't care yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah I love what you said there if you start your day without intention I can't remember the exact words but the day will run away with you mm. when I went through my monk experience one of the things that we learned in the monastery was at the end of every hour do a five-minute meditation mm. or if you can't do one hour, do every two hours or every three hours to just be able to, one, reset, two, calm yourself down, and three, set a new intention. Well, they didn't say intention, I'm just saying that off the back of what you just said. Um, Having done this for the amount of years that you've done it, what would you say for people listening that feel stressed, overwhelmed, and overworked is the first thing to do and start prioritizing your wellness. Oh, to boil that down to one thing, the first thing. If so in like could, 19 years, only one thing. If people could only do one thing. Breathe. Wow, breathe. I wasn't expecting that answer, really? but I'm glad you said it. It is. Tell it, me, because tell us why. We have to become aware. For us to really know that we're breathing, we have to tune into it. And that immediately creates space between whatever the busy thing is or the stressful situation that potentially could be triggering you. Mm. So as soon as we can breathe, not only does it create that space mentally and it brings back to our body, right? Because we're usually when we're stressed, we go stuck in our head, right? Or we get stuck in our body on do-do-do mode. And so if we can connect the two, the breath is the fastest way to do that. And also is the fastest way for us to move back into that resourceful window and get out of those hyper or hypo states. So literally from a physiology standpoint, it's the fastest route into 
um, your most resourceful self. Amazing. I'm getting more and more into breath work every year over the last few years, and it is so crazy powerful. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I would like to think that one day I'll, I'll help people by teaching breath work. Nice. But now in my life, probably for the last year only, I've got to a point where if I don't like the way I feel, I just change my breath. Mm -hmm. And I know it sounds simple, but it is literally that simple. Yeah. I wake up sometimes and my thumb's doing this, it's moving. Okay. And I know it's because my mind is already thinking of a thousand things. I'm like super ADHD. And, um, and all I do is I go, no, I don't like this feeling. And then I go, breathe in, breathe out. And I just start centering myself, slowing myself down. And you can use it actually the other way around. If you are about to be interviewed yeah. or you think you're going to be interviewing someone else <laughs> or you're about to step on stage and you don't like the way you feel, just use your breath. And we carry this around with us, this tool around with us every single day. It's yeah. so powerful. Do what? you use breath work a lot and do you do... 100%. And do you do like specific breath work practices or do you just... Because I have a funny thing about this like, oh, you can study, pay me 2,000 US dollars, you can become a breath work practitioner. Yeah. I get it, but I also don't agree with it because yeah. be, you should be teaching people how to breathe. Yeah, exactly. So it depends yeah. on what scale you want to do it on as to like how far down the rabbit hole you go with it. But True. like you've said, like for anybody that's living a fast paced, busy life that doesn't want to go in and become qualified and teach other people to do it, just connecting and being conscious with your breathing. Mm -hmm. Just be able to sense the breath around your nostrils. Be able to notice the exhale, notice the inhale, notice if you're breathing from the chest or from the belly. That is enough to get you going. That is enough to be able to start taking control of your life or at least influence it rather than mm -hmm. control it. Um, but for, for me, yes, I do um, a lot of Qigong. I do a lot of conscious breathing. Now, Jonathan, my other half, and with a lot of our clients, we do something called quantum flow, which is where you combine breath work with energy work at the same mm -hmm. time and meditation and, and visualization. And when you say energy work, what do you mean? So working with our energy senses. So we all have... Oh, the seven senses. Exactly. Okay, the seven senses, and we help people to essentially release and flow, so really stress and learn how to flow in your life through that embodiment practice. And it's something extremely powerful. So it's a little bit like Qigong, almost like on steroids to some extent. Mm. Um, I love both. I think Qigong for me is just something I found first and fell in love with. Um, and it's just something that pulls me back to my body. And that is the biggest thing for me. I was always very much go, 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 busy, 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 back to back, didn't know if I was coming or going, but yet still be able to pull it off and be mm. organized and everything. And actually, when I've learned to come back to my body more and move out of my head and from this doing mode, it flows. It just happens. You can just show up and whatever you want to say, you say. Whatever you want to do, yeah. you do. And, and you're just, your energy essentially takes care of, care of itself. And naturally, then you get the results that you want in all areas of your life, from relationship, from finance, from profession. Come on. It starts to flow. <laughs> I'm getting we like, want to flow. We want to flow. I'm getting pumped up here about what you're talking about. Uh, do you know I do Qigong? Uh, I know you said you have done it. I don't know if you still do it. You still do it. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I do like at the most basic version, I will just do joint opening exercises, do the basic breath, you know, arms down, arms up, arms nice. wide, arms open over the head, stretching. Uh, but it is so calming. Yeah. I actually said to our team like two months ago, guys, we're going to start bringing in martial arts this year. Nice. Because it's so 
good for stress, for confidence, for energy, etc. Um, you've spoken a bit about where you were, and I'm sure that many people can relate. Where are you now? And the reason why I'm asking you this question is because I, I always share my journey, not in a way that people think I've reached the destination. Yeah. I always say I've got more work to do. This is my next thing. These are my old habits that are dying hard. I don't know if you've ever been asked this question, but where are you now on your journey? I just want to touch on something you just said there because I was foolish enough, I think, at some point to feel like I'd done the work, you know, and I was, and that was very much my ego just like mm. messing with me <laughs> and everything else in my life at the time. And it was, it was just this liberating feeling because I'd done so much work and actually I didn't realize that actually there was still so much more left to do. And that was years ago now. And since then, I've been on this beautiful journey of being able to balance this whole learning about myself, helping and coaching other people to be able to actually do that at the same time as doing some of the deepest, hardest work I've ever done in my life. So as you know, we just come back from Thailand yep. to the UAE. So we come to the UAE originally in like 2013 and we, we went back to, um, we were supposed to go straight to Thailand from here when we decided that kind of our chapter was closing, um, but we got stuck in the UK because of the pandemic which was a shock to the systems we went back into the family home it was completely unplanned obviously everybody's got their own experience of covid but that unlocks a lot of things for me mm -hmm. to deal with from a, a mental health standpoint from a past trauma experience as well and i didn't realize that until i got to thailand and interestingly enough that was when i did your um ote Yes. Um, and that was, I think, a massive turning point for me for being able to truly embody high performance and healing at the same time. Love that. And it is something that shifted the game. So to answer your question as to where I am now, after a very interesting year <laughs> living in a beautiful destination, doing incredible work we was doing great events for our clients we was um you know literally being headhunted for projects here in the uae we were saying no to so many things so we could say yes to ourselves and it was just it got to a point where actually after doing a stretch goal that um obviously yeah. you rave about <laughs> by the way um, <laughs> I've not been able to say well done that was epic um yeah that so for anyone listening that doesn't know so i did um three islands kayaking in mm. thailand so 150 kilometers um over seven days never mind the fitness it was involved crazy. and the resilience it people the a lot of people would not do it just because they're afraid yeah so and there yeah. was there was some scary moments i'm not gonna lie ones that i weren't expecting um literally physically but i think yeah. the biggest thing and the reason i mentioned that is because that's been a big part of my journey to where i am now today as in why are we back in the uae why are we doing what we're doing and we had the chance to stay there essentially living almost a bit like a retiree kind of life mm. and there was this deeper yearning to just keep doing more keep showing yes. up more keep just leading even more we've mm. we got with our team has also expanded i see i know yours has as well so we've got a couple of other coaches on board now that are helping us deliver some of the big um kind of corporate offerings Amazing. that we have and also one of the things i learned is that obviously where we live isn't who we are and 
often a lot of people will travel they'll look outside themselves for something and i actually went into the move to thailand thinking i wasn't doing that but i think to some extent you i was giving doing myself space looking externally to be able to almost feel fulfilled oh you told yourself you weren't doing that. i weren't doing that okay. yeah and and to some extent i wasn't i was a lot more conscious of why we were choosing to to move there and live there like we yeah. was really had this yearning for nature and a lot more greenery um and we got that but what i realized now in hindsight is i was creating space for myself to go even deeper and do some work that i needed to do essentially yeah. and i think it's funny how life just works out for us in that way is that you know you think you're going there for one reason and actually it turns out to be something <laughs> completely different um but it taught me to surrender it taught me to live even more deeply in my values it mm. taught me personally how to go deeper with the people that we work with as well and it's been incredible the results that our clients have getting are just exponential as well even more so than what they were before and so we're back here because we're hungry to do more and we're, we're just doing it. We're just like, right, this is it. Like, this is life is now. <laughs> it sounds like such a beautiful share. It sounds like you got there. You got what you needed. You thought that that was going to be sufficient, but that your heart opened up by giving yourself the space that you realize there's more potential to mm. us. Yeah. What's your vision? Oh, so... I, this is a shared vision actually with my husband okay. where we live in a world where when people are healthy and well they can be a force for good in the world so as you say know, that again slow because that's so, powerful when we're healthy and well we can be a force for good in the world yeah so we host events each year that become a force for good events which you've obviously been part of in mm. the last few years and that is all about us just showing up as best we can wherever we are in our journeys and I'm not just talking about you and I I'm talking about the people that attend I'm talking about anybody that's been on any coaching program of yours of ours of anything that just come together to be able to actually give something back and that's giving back in their presence giving back through donation when they're there through giving back their own knowledge and the questions that they ask and just being able to just show up and then learn more for themselves so they can go on mm -hmm. feeling more charged up even healthier than they were before less stressed of course because i truly believe if we're holding on to unhealthy stress we cannot be healthy and well we cannot it's a power leak that just drains us so if we can really just unleash ourselves well you can't be the healthiest and the wellest if that's wellest, a word yeah. version of yourself exactly yeah. exactly so if we can all see that actually we're here to serve in some way, shape or form, whether that is through your own business, through a volunteer project, through showing up as the best partner, mum, dad, stranger for someone, then pff, our work is done kind of thing. Like, and we just want to be a voice for that. Uh, and, uh, and a tool for that, or many tools. You have yep. many tools for, for people to be able to do that. Um, I believe, like you, we are here for service. And I've been serving most of my adult life. Uh, every year I get better at serving myself. But to everyone listening, um, know that you will not want to serve people from an empty cup. Mm. You just don't want to do it. Because you're like, what? You can't sustain it. I need, I need, I need, I need, I need. But when you're... Actually, let me ask you a different question rather than make a statement. What does it feel like to live from your overflow? Peaceful. Peaceful. That's the only word to describe it. It's just aligned, flowing, 
blissful. <laughs> That's the perfect way to finish. I want to ask you two more questions. One, and this actually got asked to me, uh, someone asked me this yesterday in a podcast, and I've never been asked this before. The first question is, if your five-year-old self could see you now, or let's say choose your own age, your younger child self could see you now, what would they be happy about? And what would they be sad about? They would be happy that I reconnected with her. So for me, me and little Charlotte, yeah. <laughs> younger me, have been on a bit of a journey together because for a long time there was some conflict there mm. um, and some like guilt from my side for things and some like wishes and desires from her side of things and it's that integration so I think her and me as adult Charlotte is we're most happy the fact that we've come together and essentially integrated and we're in it together kind of Amazing. thing yeah. um, and what was your other question what's the what would they be sad about what would they be sad about Oh, I think they would be sad that maybe I don't play as much as I used to. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a great question. Yeah, no? a great I've never question. been asked that. Yeah. What would they be sad about? Yeah. And for yesterday, for me, it was, oh, I'm still too hard on myself. Mm. And they would be sad about that. And that made me really think, like, <laughs> damn. <laughs> uh, final question. In one word, whatever comes up for you, what do the words spiritual fitness mean for you? Mm. Vitality. That's the first word that's wrong to Amazing. Yeah. Well, you certainly have vitality. You have such amazing energy. Uh, thank you for allowing me to share you with our audience, with our followers, with our watchers, our listeners. Uh, it's always a pleasure being in your company and such a blessing to actually do it face to face. <laughs> thank you so much for having me and just please never change. <laughs> You're amazing. <laughs> thank you so much. That means the world. Thank you for being here, Charlotte. Thank you.